The Big Shiny Robot Podcast is brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery. This is Tyson. This is John. This is Rebecca. This is Nick. This is still Tom. This is Lucas. And you're listening to the Big Shiny Robot Podcast. I'm like a bird. I'm going to record this podcast. Hear opinion of some white guys. (laughs) Maybe you don't like those white guys. You know, the thing I appreciate about this podcast is I really feel like we bring like a different perspective. Right. Like a really podcast out there, a culturally diverse opinion. Right. Right. I mean, how many podcasts out there are just like a handful of white dudes talking about stuff? Right. It's not that many. I don't think so. I mean, I haven't heard of <laughs> there's literally dozens of us. Yeah, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> Speaking of representation, finally, the hefty white male with a beard gets some representation <sighs> in Avengers Endgame, huh? Hold on. I want to talk about that, but first I want to hear about your drink. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so Tom got lit last night. Whew, oh, boy. Um, thank God for waking up at 4 a.m. to take Advil and drink water because I am not hungover. <laughs> I want to give some Twitter credit to how this came about, though. So give me like two seconds to research it. Just, you know, do white guy stuff for a second while I look. We can talk about our yard work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's see. Search in Twitter. Dun, 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 dun. We didn't plan very well. Yeah, for the record, there's three of us here. Yeah, so John had some uh, emergency work stuff come up for him, and being in the line of the career line that he's in, uh, really couldn't be pushed off to the side. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rebecca is camping with her fiance and whatever weird sexual deviancies they're getting up to in the mountains i'm just pretty sure you know that story about that she told like a year ago off the larping camping of the girl getting like lazily whipped oh, or whatever no the girl was doing the lazy yeah lazy whipping what if that was actually like a, a biogra- biographical story not biographical as in rebecca walked into the tent and saw it the autobiographical yeah there thank rebecca you rebecca was actually was doing, doing the lazy whipping, whipping. that sounds about right yeah, I mean, I so, don't see her doing enthusiastic with it. Nah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so unrelated to that, I found this Twitter thread. So <clears throat> shout outs to at JungleFro on Twitter, because here's how I figured this out. So this tweet is, us at our final bar, what's your signature drink? And the bartender in Boston is like, this drink will change your life. I bet you both drink them the rest of the night. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. Bartender makes us Jameson with Sprite and bitters. Us, life changed, laughing face. So I'm like, okay, they're making fun of this drink. But then Quarters, my favorite bar in Utah, happens to reply and say, this is going on the menu at Quarters, LOL. And so then I replied, I'm like, I just made this drink thanks to the tweet. And I, when I first made one, I didn't put enough Jameson in it. And I was like, it's okay. It's not bad. But then I made another one two days later. And I put basically like 50% Jameson, 50% Sprite, Splash, splash of bitters. bitters. And that shit is fire. It is so drinkable. And I don't know if it's because I have just terrible taste in drinks or if it's <laughs> actually really good. So last night, I uh, went over and saw our boy Yeti911 uh, or Benny B 311 or whatever his Twitter handle is. Big Ben. Big ben. ben. He was doing a grill on us, some tasty meat, eating some bread. And I took a bottle of Jameson, a two liter of Sprite, and some bitters. And between Anna, myself, Amanda, and Ben, we finished off the entire bottle of Jameson. It was good shit. Like, God that damn. drink is fire. And literally, it's just, you know, a double shot of Jameson. Put some ice, do a double shot of Jameson, fill the glass with Sprite till about the rim, splash some bitters in there, and it's just like this super smooth, drinkable drink. 
It's you got rickety wrecked. I got riggedy riggedy wrecked. Woke up at four o'clock this morning. Ate some Advil. Drank a giant ass bottle of water. Went back to sleep. Woke up two hours later, not hungover. Watched some Street Fighter. It's a good morning. <laughs> that sounds solid. That's yeah. a solid weekend. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, bros. <clears throat> so, end game. End game. Uh, you were going to bring up. Oh, and we're going to spoil the shit out of this. Yeah, so, so. For some reason, after two weekends, you have not made it a point to go see this movie. Don't listen to this podcast. Yeah, and like, I haven't spoiled it on Twitter, so I'm going to spoil it on this podcast. Yep. Yeah, and that's even the Russo brothers said two weeks. Yeah, which this is, I think two. Uh, yeah, two solid, f- two full weekends. You should have been like, if you wanted to, and you didn't want to have it spoiled, you yep. should have had the opportunity to go do it. And if I not, think so. Then I guess stay away from the internet. Um. So Husky Thor. Husky Thor was Melted ice cream Thor. Uh, the best character in the movie. He's great. <laughs> he was so good. So I don't know if they kept that under wraps. That's impressive. Well, they did. Well, if you think about it, mm-hmm. if you think about like all the trailers we saw. You never really saw Thor in any of them. You saw like that. There was that one of the three of them walking up to Thanos, like from behind. But like he's got his cape, so like you couldn't really tell. Yeah. But like everything else was them walking in their space suits slowly, and then there was the one that showed the black and white versions of like what the main three have been through. Mm-hmm. So it was all flashback footage. Or the Thor. one that was before they killed Thor. Yep. Yep. Where they're waiting and Captain Marvel's there. Yep. He has that whole confrontation before, with her. Before they kill Thanos, yeah. Well, and I mean, like, even when they show him, you know, they did the MySpace boy picture where they just, you know, framed the camera so you couldn't see that. You just saw his shoulders and his... Yeah. But his journey is... Great. Insane. Like, he finally offs Thanos. And he, he held... Mm-hmm. And I didn't think about the consequences of this going into Endgame. That... He blames himself for everything because he didn't go for the head. Well, that's Infinity War. The Russo brothers talked about that it's you know Thanos's movie, but if you look at Thor's, if you just cut out his parts, it's a revenge flick mm-hmm. from start to finish. He has one track. He's yep. going to get his hammer and he's going to go kill Thanos. Yep, yep. And he doesn't. He he fails. hits him in the chest so that he can talk shit on him. Yeah, in his hubris, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, within what the first fifteen minutes of the movie, first ten minutes of the movie, maybe even he gets he just walks up, chops his goddamn head off after right. they realize the Infinity Stones are gone, and he doesn't like and I walks out, and I love that he gets no satisfaction out of it. I just fucking love that. No, like, at like, that point, it's a matter of principle for him. Yeah, and yeah. like he, I feel like that's the trigger, right, for his growing moment to become like an actual um odin right like he has to hit rock bottom and i think for him like killing thanos was rock bottom when he realized that even doing that he still just sucked well and so, and he didn't bring anybody back right you know, his yeah. mom's gone his dad's gone everyone that was killed including loki Jane. Still gone. Oh. Like they've all failed and they failed because he didn't go for the head the first time yep because it was his hubris and so we find him five years later i mean could you imagine the amount of booze and food it takes to make an Asgardian fat <laughs> and Cinemax, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just hanging out with Korg and uh, what's the what's the bug guy's name? Id or no, uh, I couldn't tell you. I can't remember his I can't name. Remember, but just playing, playing Fortnite Xbox Live, <laughs> yeah, or Fortnite or whatever. Oh, fuck, that was great. But uh, I have been, uh, I can't. I've come across like three of them, and they are think pieces about. Uh, the portrayal of Fat Thor in the movie and how he becomes like the subject of a lot of jokes because of it. 
Yeah. I didn't think he was really no subject of jokes here's, though. Here's where I kind of. I mean, I think like because he called him Lebowski and stuff, but I never thought it was the joke's funny because he's fat. The joke was funny because he looked like Lebowski. Lebowski. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's also this whole thing, and the reason why I take issue with all this is, I do think there is a point where you can reach oversensitivity, and I realize that, that line is different for everybody, right? Sure. But reading through this stuff and a lot of the points that they bring up um, are people giving him grief over it. And uh, like the Lebowski joke, the melted ice cream joke, all of that kind of stuff. Right. right. However, and, and they say that he now becomes the butt of jokes. I take issue with this because the jokes, for one thing, there has to be intent behind it. And the jokes are coming from his family and friends, like people he considers family. Right. Right. And there are certain lines that you can cross with people you're familiar with in jest. And, like, it's fine. Like, that's your relationship, right? And, like, let's look at who kind of makes the jokes. Like, Rocket, who's, like, his BFF after palling around with him in Infinity War for and going all, all that crazy stuff, right? And they're just, mm-hmm. they're just ribbing him, and it's, like, good nature. And I, and I kind of dispute the fact that we're, not, that we're laughing at Thor, that we're kind of laughing with the situation and his friends right because he has hit a really sad place but they need to but it it needs to be addressed right and that's kind of how some of these people are and his relationship is with them you know like the constant quipping back and forth well i think it definitely matches with like rocket's character he doesn't really shy away from being kind of an asshole yeah exactly like he has really in the previous movie he told peter quill that he was a sandwich away from being fat (laughs) as they were talking about how beautiful thor was yeah right exactly so i don't know i i think i i i get why people can be sensitive about this but at the same time i think you have to look at the intent and there was also like some parts of it where they're talking about well he was he went toe-to-toe with thanos in infinity war and now like in endgame when he's fighting thanos he needs the support of iron man and cap to even like hold his own against him and so then that insinuates that a fat man isn't as powerful as a fit man that's reading too much into it <laughs> right? i think a lot of it is that they kept that Than- like thanos wasn't consistent like he was a lot stronger in endgame well and yeah. i don't even and, and not just with thor but in general in general and, and i could argue that i could also i i would also argue that in um infinity war thor gets that axe into him because he gets the drop on him Sure. He, like, he doesn't actually fight him. No, Thanos is distracted with mm. uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision and everything that's going on with that. I can't remember exactly. He's engaged with somebody else mm-hmm. when all of a sudden Thor appears up in the sky and fucking wings his axe at him mm-hmm. and hits him in the shoulder. And so he gets the drop on him. Right. I mean, well, you could also argue too, like, this is a different Thanos, right? It's a past Thanos from a different timeline. Mm-hmm. He probably not as old probably not as tired and he also doesn't have enough fucking infinity gauntlet on his hand that he's trying to keep away from people while he's fighting right yeah because he well he does get the infinity gauntlet at some point later on but he doesn't show up with it right so i think that's a good i don't know there's you could read so much into that scene and i think the key for me that didn't like offend me as a husky white dude with a beard is the fact that when he gets lightninged into like ultimate badass thor they don't lightning his eight pack back on, right? right? He's yeah. just himself, who he's accepted, and the only thing they do to like quote unquote clean him up is braid his beard. Yeah. So like, yeah, maybe, but if it was really if that was their intent, and they were really like 
fat shaming Thor, wouldn't they have turned him into non fat Thor to yeah, make he, him yeah, better? Because we've seen that lightning strike yeah. him like suit him up, yeah, give him his weapons, right? Well, not to we mention. also now know that it can braid beards, right? <laughs> well, but he got he got Mjolnir when he was back in that timeline of Thor too, yeah. You know, and he'd said, it, "I'm still worthy," which I think was less about him being fat and more about like. Him being depressed that right. he failed his people. Yeah. Well, and know? like even his mom talking to him, right? She said something like, maybe stop trying to be who everyone thinks you're supposed to be and be who you are or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. Failure is part of. Yeah. I, I look at it. As, I thought it was a good acceptance story. Yeah. I, I actually looked at it as, again, kind of along the lines with you, Tom, like not so much on the beard part anymore, but like the husky white dude thing. And I know I'm, I'm not saying that we are a victimized no. people at no. all. But it except was we kind of, of are. <laughs> we, it was it was kind of cool to see, you know, among the heroes. It's like, like your average dude. Yeah, just kind of he kind of mm-hmm. looks like an average dude. I mean, obviously he's mm-hmm. not. He's an Asgardian. He's right. God, but he looks like an average dude. And then he goes full fucking Viking with Mjolnir and Stormbreaker, and fucking badass. Yeah. Like, and he held his own against Thanos just as well as anybody else. Yep. You know. Totally. Except for not as good as Scarlet Witch, because she kind of fucking... Scarlet Witch. Yeah, so let's move on from Thor. Let's talk about, like, some of the other great character arcs and moments from the the film. I mean, you had so many wrap up. I really loved... um, I'm going to call... I'm sure we're going to end up talking about Cap and some of these others, but I I loved, you know, Peter Parker showing up, talking to Tony a little bit, but then his journey trying to get across the field. Oh, that was so And then when Captain Marvel shows up, and he fucking tells everybody his name. (laughs) (laughs) I, th- I mean, luckily and then, he's surrounded by fellow heroes, so right. it's not like... Hi, I'm Peter Parker. Hi, Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I love that. Hi, Peter Parker. You got something for me? Like, she, she is so, like, endearing. I don't know uh-huh. what, like, I mean, if you have a problem with the character of Captain Marvel, then I don't know what your problem is, but... Uh, well, I really... I don't know what it is, but... I love that scene, and with that, uh, and... I recognize that part of the power of the scene that followed was all the different female mm-hmm. superheroes showing up and right. you know running the gauntlet. And maybe this is for selfish reasons. The only way I think that scene could have got better is if Peter Parker went with them. So yeah, <laughs> all the female superheroes and, and this 15-year-old Peter Parker. Yeah. <laughs> who's just like, I want to come. Yeah. Let's do this. He's like, you guys are cool. Can I come? <laughs> um, that, that was an awesome moment. Oh, that moment um, was so good. I, uh, I talked to uh, an old college friend of mine on Twitter, uh, She's pretty rad, and uh, she posted, shared an article that someone was, again, I mean, it's been weeks now, so now you've kind of got the articles coming out that are, like, dissecting shit that maybe doesn't need to be dissected, but talking about, like, the pandering nature of that scene, and her take on it was, it might have been pandering, but I fucking loved it, and it was awesome to, to and, like, have that moment, and aren't again... are superhero movies somewhat pandering in the general? Whole, the whole thing right. is pandering, and also, yeah. I want to come back to intent. I, I feel like the Russo brothers and all the movies that they've directed in the Marvel Universe have, I feel like they've made a conscious effort to bring forward people into the spotlight other than the white dudes. Right. The yeah, totally Black Widow and Winter Soldier. Yeah, like right. she plays a huge pivotal role in not just being Cap's sidekick, but, you know, her whole past and how that plays into everything. Yep. I feel like they've done probably, mo- like, so much, like, work to, to at least try to bring them to the forefront so again i think if you look intent i don't think the russo brothers were sitting in a room it's like let's throw these fucking females a bone and give them a moment you know i think they were probably in the room like wouldn't it be badass if we had all these badass women stand up and be like we got this well and i think like like, also to call it pandering like it's not like they just put a bunch of like 
middle-aged soccer moms like got out of their minivans and fucking ran down the battlefield with axes right like these were tried true and tested superheroes i mean valkyrie was a fucking leader of like elite warriors on asgard and scarlet witch is buff as shit captain marvel is fucking powerful like Mm -hmm. all of these women that got this moment were legit bona fide superheroes with hella strength like why wouldn't why wouldn't that happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it only, but it would have been, pa- I would only call it pandering if like there was an accidental time slip up and a bunch of standard issue women that hadn't, you know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, it just seems like to call it pandering is just to be angry that it wasn't five dudes in a line or something. Well, and Pepper being in the mix. That was I fucking love that. Dope. Pepper making her debut as a rescue. Ugh. I haven't been a huge fan of like Pepper and Tony's. She was mm-hmm. way better in this. So, so much, much better. She was, yeah, she, like... Accepting of who he was and what was his exactly. drive as a character. Exactly. Yep. I think the writers just gave her more to do and gave yep. her a better role to play well, than I, previous movies. And I think, like, from a married person perspective, you got to see, like, how Tony and Pepper grew as, like, with, like, you know, five to six years of, like, raising a kid as a couple. Mm-hmm. And, ah, uh, I, I thought that was amazing. Because I don't think it fell in line of, like, oh, she's just supporting her husband and whatever he wants as much as when you're with another person you both end up being accepting of the things you love and the things that yep. maybe you don't love right yep. maybe the things that don't work as well his obsession with trying to protect the world but that's that's who he is yeah. right and yeah. it only makes sense that he would have built her a suit of armor yep for like in case shit goes down you know yeah. right you need to, you need well, to be prepared to and i loved it as a throwaway line you know your mother never never wears the stuff i buy her yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah 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 but then like her and tony having that moment together during the battle where they're just back to back just their armors are just unleashing yep. everything that they've got and they're just wrecking shit that's so good that was so awesome that was that was one of my favorite moments um the stuff with uh cap i mean his whole arc is been great from start to finish yep. but especially uh, as soon as thor got mjolnir back in thor 2 i'm like well so cap's gonna wield this motherfucker <laughs> I, I did not think that i was so stuck and then when it happened oh my god uh, well i mean the second it just shows mjolnir sitting there on the ground like i think thanos had a moment where he had kind of like pushed all three of them back mm-hmm. and thor was the last one to go against him and cap and yeah. iron man had in theory been i mean not put down permanently but had been yeah. taken out for a second and all of a sudden, you just see the hammer lift up. I was like, oh, fucking shit. Yeah. Like, oh. immediately, I was just... And then it just shows Cap. And then Thor with the, I knew it! It, <laughs> like, it was so and great. And I loved it, because before Thor... Like, when they had that moment, I think... It, I don't remember if it was an after credit scene, or if it was, like, in one of the movies. Age where, of Ultron. Yeah, where he's, like, doing the lift, and Thor's actually worried. That, that's like, what, it's at the beginning yeah, of Age of Ultron. Yeah, he's, like, worried that somebody else would be as worthy as he is. And then in this movie, again, Thor's growth, yeah. he's fucking st- Dope. Yeah. Like his boy is worthy. Uh, I love and can that we too. Talk about the totally. whole hammer shield combo moves. Jo- that, like, my favorite one is. I'm is sure you were wigging out. Where mm-hmm. uh, Cap throws the shield, uh, and like just over Thanos's head, and then as it's coming back, he throws the hammer at the shield. So it <laughs> back from the first Avengers movie, that gong thing, and just like slams Thanos into the. Oh my God. I was just like, holy fucking shit! I mean. You want to talk about pandering or fan service or whatever that was, you want oh. to call it. The whole last 45 minutes of the movie was nothing but Dude. that. And I was here for every fucking second. Like my it. erection had an erection. I was going <laughs> nuts. <laughs> oh. uh, and I, uh, I was like, uh, I didn't know that 
these that I, I I can't believe that I've been watching eleven years of these movies, right? And never once thought, you know what, all these are missing: Spider Man riding a fucking Pegasus, <laughs> with Valkyrie, <laughs> right? And or- then we get that moment, and I was like. All the other movies are like a little less good now because they don't have this in it. <laughs> it's just leading up to this. <laughs> yeah, it's all, everything. Iron Man 1, before uh, Spider-Man had it, jack all to do, couldn't even be part of the MCU, needed that. Yeah. <laughs> so so <laughs> true. Some of what I love to uh, watch a little bit of a dissection. I can't remember who it was. Somebody on YouTube, but the character arcs because the... So Steve Rogers, he's a man out of time. He's mm-hmm. a man out of without war. And his whole thing is he wants a purpose, but he can't find one here. Yeah. And so his purpose, he thinks, is to let himself die in battle. If you look at all the movies he's in, there's yeah. some moment where he's willing to give his life, but he just it doesn't happen. Whereas with Tony, he claims in Civil War to Tony the opposite, that you're not the guy to lay on the way. You're not the guy to sacrifice yourself. So I thought it was great for their character arcs to both have Tony be the one to sacrifice himself yep. and Cap to take a page out of Tony's book and go back and live a life oh, that Tony's been giving him shit for yeah. forever. But that's because he has a purpose that's not just dying in a war. Yeah, because yeah. to- Tony's bit like their biggest conflict, you know, kind of building up and coming to a head in civil war is that Steve is a man with a mission and it doesn't matter what that mission is, but he has to have a mission. Yep. And that's why he's like working for shield. You know, he wants to take orders and he wants to serve that higher purpose. And Tony wants to bring it all to an end so he doesn't have to be iron man anymore like he i i know that there's the whole struggle with him that we see play out in iron man 3 where it's he's struggling between does he really want that or does he also need to be iron man and need to have that purpose and i think at the end of the day tony arrives like i want to be done with this someday you know i don't want to be 65 having to rock the mark 178 armor or 500 you know whatever and have to go out saving shit all the time. There needs to be an end game for this, right? right. And Tone or uh, Steve finally gets that message. I think you, you know after seeing t- what the life that Tony builds in those five years before. Yep. It all goes to shit again. So well, and and I think mm-hmm. you know what a great way to pass the torch was seeing that final battle and seeing how like yeah Cap was important in it and Tony was important in it, but they weren't. I would argue that if they weren't in that battle. That battle still would have been fine. You mean like the big major one, before, yeah, it, like after everyone shows back up. Yeah, because like if you think about it, they were doing a good job holding it back. But until all of the the other heroes came, they weren't. You know what I mean? Like well, they yeah, needed I everybody. Mean, and so I think for like for Cap, that was a good moment to realize like, oh, my mission doesn't have to be to protect everybody. They're fine without me, and I'm kind of an obnoxious Boy Scout. Maybe I'll just go live with Peg for the rest of my life. When you found too, I think maybe on the flip side of that, that's the first time on any of the movies we've heard Avengers assemble and some of that is because I think they finally became a team the yeah. three of them yeah agreed and uh Peter when he first comes back just standard I, I love I just I love Tom Holland's take on the character he does so good he's a really good Spider-Man just the rambling like he gets so fucking excited about shit I mean, he's he's about to lay his life on the line with everybody else, and he comes through, and he's like, "Mr. Stark, I was dead, and then I was alive, and then he did the sparkly w- circle thing, and here I am." And he's like, he's just panicked and anxious and freaking out yeah. and so excited, like in the middle yeah. of all this. And Tony's like, "Yeah, it's great, kid, but here's about a you know, here's a whole fucking army that's about to come crashing down on us." Yeah. So Good that to was see you. yeah. Is that when he gives him the hug, or is it later on? I think it's, it's no that I think that's when he hugs him like yeah. cause Tony because Tony doesn't really Cause he tells him it's on purpose yeah Tony doesn't say anything to him he's just kind of like looking at him like in shock that he's back yeah and 
Peter's rambling, and then I think Tony just grabs him and hugs him. Mm-hmm. So that was a <sighs> that was a super great moment. And that, that moment, like Tony's arc, you know, he was yeah. worried about Peter dying on because of him, and then he did, and that's why he decided to help with the time travel. Was yeah, looking at the picture of the two of them with yep. the upside down diploma, <laughs> <laughs> and the the I, I appreciated that, especially because when we talked about this last time, like before Endgame came out, mm-hmm. I said. I don't want them to reset everything because if you just reset everything, then you're getting rid of a bunch of continuity. And I right. fucking hate that. Hmm. And I, so I loved that the hook was Tony was like, we'll do this, but we're not changing shit. We're not erasing my daughter. We're not doing any of that mm-hmm. stuff. Every, but we're doing this to bring the people we lost back. We're not changing anything. Yep. Cause they were talking about, you know, like Rhodey brings up like, why don't we just go back and Thanos when he's a baby. Kill baby Thanos. <laughs> and Hulk is like just appalled. Uh, right, like, the kill like, baby also, What the fuck? <laughs> I love that kill baby Hitler take. It was uh, so how good. How do you guys feel about uh, Natasha's arc? I think she's still... I think there's a chance she'll come back out of all the characters that are gone. I thought I really liked her arc. I talked to John a little bit about this too. Um, I think when her and Hawkeye were fighting over who was going to sacrifice themselves, I, I didn't think it was so much for her that she wanted to save him for his family is i think that was a piece of it but i think yeah. a bigger piece of it is she was just i'm fucking done like this will clean the red out of my ledger i've been at this a long time i held the line while you everybody was gone for five years i also mm-hmm. feel like she felt like it was a like i mean nobody wants to necessarily die right but i feel like it was something that sh- she felt like she earned well you know, especially pounding around with cap too yeah like she's like, put in her work with the Avengers and I mean who is she she's a badass secret agent but she has no superpowers like she can't fly you know all she brings to the game is like a big sexy brain and paranoia you know know, like I'm not saying she's not crucial to the team she's a very crucial part of the team Um, but at the end of the day you know she was never gonna be able to go toe-to-toe with Thanos you know anything like that true and so I think for her this I kind of felt like it was a moment that she didn't want Hawkeye to take away from her. I mm. felt like she had earned it. And this was her getting to quote unquote, or however you want to look at it, pay the ultimate sacrifice for the greater good, clear out the right on her ledger, mm-hmm. do something for all these people that she cares about. And so I, that scene to me was fucking anxiety driven Cause I honestly didn't know who was going to go over the edge. I figured it'd end up being kind of how it was, where they were bickering over who would do it. But yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I knew it that, got intense. But the, yeah, because the, the back and forth. I mean, the back and forth went. I mean, they were over the cliff, and they were still going back and forth because you know Hawkeye jumps over and she gets yeah. him at the last minute, and then gets you know she's able to to push off the cliff and and make that sacrifice. And so and I have a so I have a theory with this. We'll see if it pans out this way. So Thor makes it a point to say there are other ways to bring people back. And he kind of says it in a scoffing way that sounds like a one-liner. But I don't think that's false because he's gone to things Valhalla and brought people back in the comics before. So with some of that, I think what it was is when Hulk, you know, snapped his fingers, they had the soul stone. And having the soul stone means you made that sacrifice. So there was, he couldn't bring her back. Otherwise, they wouldn't have the soul stone. Does right. that make sense? Right. So now that they've put all the stones back... I wonder if that's going to open up whatever this right. you know, solo movie of Black Widow is going to be. Because I really don't see it as a prequel. I, you know, but it doesn't make the, sense to have it as a prequel if this character is now dead. Yeah, what if it's a rumor? And especially now that she's dead, like that rumor's just become more prevalent. I mean, we don't know anything. It's just rumors at this point. 
and I'm not a big fan of prequels. I just I I like the the move like I like a forward progression in my movies and building on top of what's already been established. I'm not sure how much I need to know about, but someone did bring up like a cool theory that might be fun to see is uh, Natasha getting the spotlight and being a badass and going on some critical mission at some point during that five year span that we Mm. don't see Mm. something placed in there. Like, so not going all the way back to where she is an evil uh, double agent kind of thing that that might be kind of fun mm. to see you know kind of build on what go- happened sure. within those five years i'd like that with hawkeye too for his series to be about him being ronin see more of that. so that's the rumor that that's what his series is going to be is him being ronin during those five years that would be cool although i don't give a shit about most of these series mm. i'm not trying to be a naysayer but it's just like i don't need i didn't like the other tv series some of them were like daredevil was fun but it was just it didn't add a lot and i feel like it's gonna water it down a little I think, bit. Well, I think the problem, too, is if it doesn't if it doesn't stand on its own, you know what I mean? Like, if, if it's just to add flavor to this 11 years that we've already seen, it just seems like, like a, a money grab. Because... Yeah, and that's some of, like, the... So the Captain America thing at the end, my thing was, like, how did he live in this timeline for all this? You know, how did he go back, live through this timeline, get old? And the Russo brothers have come forward and said a few things, specifically that he went to a separate timeline, lived it out with Peggy came back to this timeline and when he gives sam the shield and sam says it doesn't feel like it belongs to me and cap says it does well cap didn't go back with the shield so there's some story there of it being falcon shield possibly from this other timeline yeah, right yeah. but the rooster brothers kind of hinted around and everybody's hinting around that it's going to be figured out and oh i'm sorry and another point was that the winter soldier knew before cap left that he was leaving for good and that before he came back because this was the article you shared i think tyson mm-hmm. so part of what bugs me was a hinted around that the this falcon and winter soldier series it'll have some of these answers and it just felt like young indiana jones kind of shit where it's like i don't i don't have to watch a fucking tv series to have something tied together at this point like cap's arc is done let's let it be done yeah if there's mystery around it let it be mysterious that's totally cool but that's the thing is i feel like it's just more fan service these series and they could be great but because i haven't seen them i'm talking shit on something i haven't seen which i drives me nuts but it just feels like fan service i get it i i a couple things that i'm excited for is for one it's character it's some of the side characters that we haven't had a lot of time with because either like hawkeye from the beginning has been kind of an ancillary character i mean he's definitely been there and he's been there for the major events but you know not totally and so to kind of build on his stuff build on falcon stuff who we've only had since uh winter soldier you know so these are some of the a lot of the characters scarlet witch and vision are ones that we haven't spent a lot of time with because they're either recent additions or they've been kind of off to the side more or less through since they've been introduced sure and so if those are the characters that they're building off of i'm excited to see that if they're introducing lore and answers to the major movies that you can only get from watching the series right you know, I, I plan on watching them anyway, so it doesn't really impact me. But I could also see, you know, being inundated with everything that we are these days. Right. It's like, oh man, now I gotta fucking carve out time to to watch these series. So I, I'm looking forward to them because it's Marvel Disney. You know, the production value is gonna be crazy good. And as long as I agree with you in the fact that it would be nice if each series is a limited series and it's just six episodes. Yeah, something short makes it a lot more digestible. I don't think I need. 12 episodes of whatever the Loki story is going to be. Mm-hmm. I don't need that. But six and done, 
you know, like doesn't need to be multiple seasons. Just tell a six part story and I'm happy. Yep. And if it's like a unique story, that was something um, a friend of mine I work with came in and was excited about the, I can't remember what it was, something with Star Wars coming up and he was talking to me about it and I was just like, oh no, it was these series and I was like, I don't give a shit. I want to, but it reminds me of like Rogue One and Solo. While in and of themselves, like, okay, that's a funny movie. They're just, they're plot hole movies. Like everything about Rogue One is to answer this plot hole from A New Hope of why there's an exhaust port on the Death Star. Everything with Solo was to another New Hope uh, plot hole or whatever you want to call it of saying 12 parsecs is a way to get through something as a unit of measurement is a distance instead of speed, you know? And that just bugs the shit out of me. I'm like, where's the Mandalorian show? I don't know much about it, but Jon Favreau, Mandalorians outside of this continuity. That sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. If they do stuff like that, right? I'm stoked. And it's it's interesting to see what what sandbox they're going to get to play in because I think there's some good options and then some kind of questionable territory. Um, for instance, uh, those that five-year gap, mm-hmm. to me, that's like a good sandbox you can play in because sure. we don't really know much about what happened here. You can kind of have like uh, carte blanche to do whatever you kind of want in there right as long as you're not referencing or doing anything with like big event the big events on either side of that five years but the only characters you can use it is hawkeye though the other ones are we're gone right that's what i'm talking about specifically with ronan though okay so and with ronan and then there's also some people speculating that the loki series because our loki's dead as far as we know still but loki in that one erroneous timeline disappeared yeah. so they can take loki in that right. timeline and he can go on a whatever but story they're he tell. didn't disappear sure. anymore because cap returned the soul stone so that never happened well he, he clipped the, the branch but he the uh, times the tesseract or he still got away with the tesseract no because cap returned it and clipped the clip the timeline all of that happened because cap went back and took the tesseract so if cap never went back and took the tesseract or he returned it that timeline got clipped right i think that they have to because that was a failed opportunity because they went to get the Tesseract then you know from you're the right. 70s. Right? You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Because so, I hear you, and that's where it's fucking time it's travel. fucking time travel. Yeah, yeah, we shouldn't debate that. No, but but the, <laughs> well, but a, again, like, that's a potential, I sure. think that's a potential no. sandbox, because you can have Loki now, you can do whatever, cra- like, if writers come up with a crazy, cool, fun, funny adventure for Loki, he can do whatever he wants, because it has no impact yep. on the prime timeline that we've been watching. So, I th- mm-hmm. But then you get into the Falcon and Winter Soldier timelines and the vision scarlet witch timelines which or not timelines sorry series which are four characters that i i'm i'm down for like yep. i want to see i i, I want to see those series i'm excited so, about it but yeah. where do you what are those going to do and what uh, are they going to be sorry tom no go ahead i'm good i i really hope that the scarlet witch i will you know eat crow if that series is house of m i would be down for that oh that just an alternate well, just, just like story. she. Well, maybe it's now after the these events, or yeah. it's after Endgame, but she, you know she doesn't have Vision back, and yeah. so she, her powers, because that's the whole idea. She gets out of control and gets rid of mutants, but doing something similar to where she has this fantasy world she creates. Yeah, that's I. But it could that's be, what I was going to say. Could be <laughs> a, a, yeah, a fantasy yeah. world where Vision's back because the, exactly. the name of the series is Scarlet Vision. Exactly. So it definitely is going to have Vision in it, but that would be cool. Yeah, just kind of like a whole series kind of based like Jacob's Ladder style based in her head <laughs> like because she mm-hmm. she breaks and just creates her own reality that'd be cool oh yeah I would be all about that and it doesn't seem as far-fetched with them doing you know this animated what if series which out of everything I'm stoked on that I'm yeah. down for yeah. a what if series did you hear about the episode they've announced so far Mm-mm. it's a uh, what oh, if is it Peggy gets the serum Peggy does the serum and becomes a super soldier instead of Cap 
Well, cool. oh, sorry, instead of Steve Rogers. Yeah. She, she doesn't go back for him, I bet. Probably not. Bitch leaves him high and dry. <laughs> probably, doesn't, probably doesn't even know who the fuck he Mm-mm. is. But bringing it back to... She don't even know, man. So bringing it back to Endgame, um, I think we brought this up last time we talked about Endgame, but it's not the official end of Phase 3. Right. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home is the official end of Phase 3, which is what they've always done. You've got your big event movie, like the Avengers, right? And then you've got one of the more personal stories to kind of tie a couple things up in a bow and send it off into the next phase, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely, I feel like they have some uh, questions to answer. Now, yeah, I think we're all time tra- the same thing. Time, yeah, time travel, I think Bruce really just kind of hits the nail on the head. And I think he's very much talking to the audience in Endgame when they're half joking talking about it and at the end he just kind of says also just don't think about it you nerds <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> right which is, which is fair because you think about it you know back to the future one of the most beloved trilogies of all time mm-hmm. I, we could sit here and dissect the living shit out of out of that right that's why i love looper so much is when the both joes are sitting at the table and the old joe's like we could sit here with fucking straws all day it doesn't matter yeah that doesn't matter exactly this is what matters yeah and so and and i think i'm able to like disengage myself but but what Aside if from that's time- all a plot by the Illuminati to make us not know that time travel exists? Tom well, has of a course, that's what it is, Tom. God damn but it. Can't because it. they're dusting us with chemtrails. You need to edit this out so the Illuminati don't come after you. <sighs> but, uh, chemtrails. The, not, so not necessarily on the time travel stuff, but as far as like the time jump of um, Peter is five years younger than his peers now. Because they, and anyone who didn't get dusted, aged those five years. Yeah. And he essentially got frozen in yeah, time. Yeah, they were all more or less frozen in time, like oh. non existing. Yeah. And so, but in Far From Home, he's on like a summer trip with his school class. They're all. And so, like, age. with t- taking a look at. Unless uh, they all disappeared. Yeah, Ned and MJ uh, were they dusted as well. And so they're still and the same Flash. age as Peter and Flash and like all those kids. And, and I was Liz. reading an article, and it was like the odds of within that small group of kids all of them being dusted yeah were like astronomically low now again what's a fucking comic i was gonna say what are the odds say that they were all dusted then that's fine i'll I'll deal with it because like what are the odds that you know some guy from a foreign universe collects six infinity stones and snaps his fingers under therefore dusting yeah i'm not i'm not disputing like (laughs) what should and shouldn't be grounded in reality right right and if they just say oh yeah they were all dusted and that was crazy weird but and that's fine. I feel like they wouldn't. But know. if they weren't, then I'm I'm curious to know. Like you know, Ned is out of that class by five. He's in college, right? You know, now there's a couple things. For one, Peter's probably smart enough. They could probably just place him into that class, and he'd probably be fine. But wouldn't they be graduated? Because he's like 15, 14 or fifteen. I mean, and homecoming. Yeah, they'd be. They. Well, it, I doubt they're just going for bachelor's degrees. Oh, you're thinking college? Uh, yeah. What you think those kids are going to be successful? <laughs> Well, they go to that special smart kids science school. No. Aunt May didn't get dusted, right? I don't think they've said either way. Because we haven't seen Aunt May since uh, hmm. Spider-Man. It'll be interesting to see how Sony carries the ball. Because as I understand it, it's separate. The MCU and Sony, they produce their movies separate. They have a little bit of talk and influence. But I don't... It'll be interesting. If they're... Not to sound like a complete asshole, but if they're a bunch of holes, I imagine it's more on Sony's side. Yeah, probably. Well, and I guess uh, Marvel didn't want Spider-Man to release this close to uh, 
Endgame? A huge spoiler. Well, right. But also, <laughs> one, you know. But to be fair, Sony is beholden to their contract to have the rights of Spider-Man that they have to have a movie out every two years. Oh, was it every two years? Mm-hmm. So did uh, Spider-Verse not? They count? have they had to hit that that uh, window this summer hmm. because uh, Homecoming was 2017. Oh yeah, it's every two years. So what if? Well, Sony's just like before Spider-Man gets dusted and then it's just like a summer flick and they're all out at school and he just that's how it is. I don't know how they could do that. Like there was there was some dumbass rumor that someone posited that the bus that Peter's on before Infinity War starts was the bus on the way back from their trip. But that makes no sense because a why would they be on a school bus because they traveled overseas, and b Peter specifically says that they were on a way bus. on their way to a field trip at the Museum of Modern Arts in so Europe. That, that just creates an, an Infinity War plot hole. But Miss Frizzle is driving the bus, and so they get to the Museum of Modern Arts, go through a time portal, magic school bus. <laughs> so I am curious to see like what because uh, yeah. the the great thing about I, that's July, right? Yeah. Sorry. So the the thing that I really appreciate about the Marvel Universe is they really have done, and I'm not saying it is not without contradictions and plot holes, but they've made them at least plot holes and contradictions that we can swallow. But they they build their story forward and forward, and they keep like referencing back mm-hmm. or building off of something that happened. Right? You look at Avengers. Well, the driving point of Iron Man three was Tony's PTSD from everything that went down right and they continue to build off that and the characters acknowledge shit that they went through um homecoming you know was all about peter and tony's story based off of him becoming spider-man so we're not going to get probably all the answers that we want in spider-man because it's a spider-man far from in spider-man far from home because it's a spider-man story so i think we'll get a couple uh answers to like the dusting and how they've maybe reintroduced people back into society after all that because there's got to be huge fallout. I mean, five years is a long time. You yeah. Know? Like you, you lose your wife, you, you grieve, you process, and you move on. And five years isn't isn't unreasonable. Don't have the labor force and everything. Seemed yeah. Like and did you see that all of a sudden all these fucking people just show back up? So I bet you, yeah. like, even if it's just a couple offhand comments, like, we'll probably get a couple answers there. But we're going to mm-hmm. get some answers to that five-year gap and some of the other things in Endgame across the next several movies. I've got some wild speculation. Would you gentlemen care to hear? I'd love to hear it. Love it. So, who Tony Stark was Peter Parker's mentor, right? Yep. I think that a big part of this movie, is, the Spider-Man Far From Home, is Mysterio showing up, and in the trailer, even Flash says that he's not as cool as Spider-Man, but people are comparing him to Iron Man. Mm-hmm. I think Peter's looking for a new mentor, and that's why he starts to power around a bit with Mysterio, and comes to find out that Mysterio's full of shit. Yeah. I bet that's a big part of it. Mm. I'd see that. I could see that, for sure. Because it'd be similar to like his relationship uh, in previous movies, and in the comic books, and everything that he has with uh, um, Doc Connors. Yep, similar to Doc Connors, but probably, yeah even more detached so i bet that's gonna happen i wanted to make one more note about endgame before we wrap up for this movie was long oh, it was like three hours long three minutes. It, was, it was like three parts so i want there's two comments i want to make okay 
first comment is just like a funny thing. I love that in a three-hour movie, they took four minutes or five minutes to have Paul Rudd making a taco and having the taco blown all over the fucking air. <laughs> and, and then Hulk walk by and give him more tacos. Yes. <laughs> I love that they're like, this is important yeah. time. So the movie itself was like three different movies, or you could say three different comic books. The first being a melodrama of, you know, mm-hmm. the after effects of Infinity War. Infinity War, the second being a heist movie, and the third being just a big action fan service wrapping up some loose ends. So the the Red Letter Media guys, um, they I like some of their reviews. They, they mostly shit on everything, but they had some interesting ideas about the heist movie. So Ocean's Eleven, a heist movie normally is like 80% planning, setup, practice, and we understand what's at stake and all the things that can't go wrong so that as those things go wrong without any exposition, there's a lot yeah. of tension. And one comment they had made that I think would have made this movie a little bit better for Endgame would have more of the planning and prep for the heist because a lot of that wall fun and kind of a greatest hits there were moments where it was like oh wait something went wrong I didn't realize this was something that needed to go this way a little more planning I think would have been cool to see to add a little more tension to the yeah but them are you really going to sacrifice the taco scene for that not the taco scene <laughs> maybe <laughs> like the stuff with Paul Red finding his daughter that stuff you could cut that oh, I love I love Batman's like uh the role he played he was great he was both like a MacGuffin of sorts as well as like, the comedic relief oh, you know just one, take the goddamn phone <laughs> one thing i want to mention i don't know if you guys knew this or have come across it online or just could tell during the movie but i couldn't that the brie larson haircut was all cg i figured it was yeah like, i mean i it, i mean it makes sense to me now because everything we've seen of her she's had her long hair so it's like at no point did she cut it because then that would have been Oh, this is the hairstyle she's going to have as Captain Marvel at some point during Endgame. But, I mean, I still didn't appreciate the haircut. It looked kind of goofy. It's like, it kind I, of a weird choice for... It was one of those things that that's how her hair is in the comic books. And so I get, wow, like for a large chunk of comic books, she's kind of got that short... Uh, yeah. What do they call it? A pixie cut or something mm. like that? Or, I don't know what it's called, but... Dumb. <laughs> um, the... Uh, You've uh, had one. It's one of those things that actually probably have. <laughs> it works well in the comic books, but then, and maybe it was because it was CG or something, it just didn't play very well on the screen. Well, and she was only in the movie for, I think, 15 minutes. It felt like an odd choice as a time to when to do that. Yeah. You know, do that in her next movie, maybe. Yeah. It's also, not, I just I'm wanted to see her, her hair, her but fu- it just was I, weird. I just wanted to see her in her fucking helmet again with the mohawk hair. Like, mm. that's fucking badass. Mm-hmm. But I do want to say Thanos headbutting her and her not moving was the bust yeah it was fucking awesome yeah so. she had a lot of we could talk about this movie all day i'd say oh i guess to wrap it up i enjoyed it i thought it was a good uh conclusion to 22 movies yeah what did you guys think i i agree. You recommend I, it i feel it it brought closure to a lot of things and it was a great crescendo of everything that we have been watching for the last 11 years I could do this all day. This episode has been brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery, located at 94 East, Fort Union Boulevard in Midvale, Utah. Please make sure to like and rate us on iTunes. 